What's up, you guys, and welcome to Adulting with Joy Spring. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Thank you for listening in. And if you are a returning listener, thank you very much for all the support. I know that I've been inconsistent, and I know that I keep saying that every week at least I'm consistent with something. But I do try to upload as much episodes, as many episodes as I can, despite my busy schedule. As you all know, as most of you know anyway, this really is a passion project. I have no time for sleep, so you can imagine how little time I have for the podcast. But I do realize how helpful this is for myself and for a lot of people who do listen to it regularly. So I try my best. And this time around, I actually posted on Instagram one of those um, stickers for questions. And a lot of you guys sent in topic suggestions that I could do here on the podcast. Some of the questions, if not most of them, um, could be answered in, I guess, the shorter way, especially if I'm doing the podcast on my own. It's really difficult to stretch out one topic when I have no one else to jump ideas with and from. So what we're going to do is we're going to be doing an Adulting with Joyce Spring Q&A session where I'll be answering some of your questions, burning questions from the Instagram. So tune in. <laughs> On the podcast, uh, if you guys didn't know, I released a single on May 3. It's called Bakasakali. It's my first ever original track that I wrote and co-wrote and co-produced with Rico Blanco. So if you like it, please do vote for it on your favorite radio stations. You can also stream it on Spotify and listen to it on iTunes and many other streaming apps. Thank you very much to those who have already done that. Um, and yeah, but you're not here for that. You're here for Adulting with Joy Spring. So let's move on to it. I did mention that we will be having Adulting with Joy Spring Q&A for today. So let's quickly start it off with something very, very light. How do you deal with stress? This is a question coming from underscore gel Marcelino on Instagram. Well, first and foremost, I really very much try, that does not make sense. I really try very hard um, to upkeep my relationship with God by God's grace, in the sense that I would always try to do my devotions in the morning and at night, I pray a lot. I always remember that I serve, we serve a sovereign God who loves us and will take care of us, whatever happens, and that every step that I do in my life does not surprise God. And how does that help me cope with my stress? Well, when you know that you have someone watching out for you, right? Whether that's your friend or that's your family member, you always feel empowered. You always feel like you can do anything. And it's true because of because I have Christ in my life, because God is so gracious in allowing me to live life in within His grace, within the bounds of His grace and protection and provision, I always feel empowered. I always feel strong because it's not my strength. It's God's strength that I draw from. So that's the first one. Because if not, it's a very stressful life that I live. I mean, I do a daily show. I do two daily shows. I I host in between those two daily shows. I do a lot of digital work. I travel a lot. I have a lot of things and people to take care of. And I have a dog, which is very stressful sometimes. So I would say that I live a very 
high-stress life. But because of how God is so good in my life, I feel like I can survive most anything. One other thing, if you're asking me practical things that you can do to really de-stress is to eat well. I know it's easier said than done because when you're stressed, you tend to stress eat and eat things that aren't very good for your body, whether that's a lot of sweets or a lot of junk. But eating healthy actually helps you with your stress coping mechanism. Um, it also levels out your your body so you don't get crashes within the day. Because, you know, when you eat a lot of sugar, you're, you're very happy for a certain period of time and then you're just crashing, right? Um, I don't drink alcohol because my doctor, uh, before when I would go to my shrink, uh, did tell me that uh, drinking alcohol is not good for people who suffer from um, who experience anxiety and depression. So because I have those, I don't drink alcohol anymore. When I do, it's a very, very tedious process of getting over um, the, the day after of me drinking and it usually sucks. So I just stopped drinking alcohol and I try to lower my sweets. I, I am very much a sweet tooth, but I try to control what I'm eating. So eat well, exercise regularly to just keep your body healthy. In general, just take care of your body. Um, get to Try to get some a decent amount of sleep in and I know that a lot of people may have a problem with that because most of us live life on the fast lane so you have to a lot of time for sleep if that means skipping on watching your favorite tv series or skipping on going out with your friends or watching a movie in the cinema by all means do that because it's more important for you to get your body rested than for you to catch up with your friends or with the things that are showing on the cinema but then again with me saying that also to keep my stress level, to deal with stress, spend time with the people that you love. That is absolutely one of the best advices that I could give you. Spend time with the people that you love. Spend time with people who encourage you, who love you, who will honor you, and who will always make you laugh and um, allow you to have fun. Because if you go through this life just going from one day to another, trying to achieve your goals and earn money and invest and do all of these things, which are all good, by the way, uh, you'll get tired. You, you really have, you really have to a lot of time uh, to hang out with the people that you love. Because at the end of the day, the only things that really matter are the people who love you and who you love and, you know, the kind of memories that you create with them. So there's that. Next question is a question that I get very, very often in one form or another. This time it's coming around from Mr. Janina. She says, how did you survive a breakup? Well, to survive a breakup is very, very different from one person to another. I feel like each person has a different way of healing. But in general terms, I think healing will have to be first you have to allow yourself to feel and go through the season of grieving. If you really love this person and then things didn't work out and you know you broke you guys broke up, you should allow yourself to feel. You should allow yourself to kind of mourn losing a person that you love because if you stop yourself from doing that and you just go no, I have to be strong, I have to get up, I have to get over this person right away without even allowing yourself to process this feeling you'll eventually have to deal with it in the future it'll probably blow blow up in the future in another relationship or on just your own so it's very difficult so first and foremost allow yourself to process the breakup it's okay to feel sad it's okay to grieve it's okay to miss this person but all 
within reasonable parameters. Don't allow yourself naman to wallow too long because wallowing too long will also not help you. Once you finish this season of just mourning, second is you have to move on. You really have to try and move on. And I don't mean forgetting this person. I think the common mistake that most people make, and this is also a mistake that I I had made when I was younger was I would try to focus on forgetting this person, blocking their numbers, blocking um, them on social media. But I realized that once you really care for someone, it's very hard to forget about them. It's very hard to care less about them. Unless even if even if they hurt you, right? Even if they cheated on you, even if they did something wrong to you, when you care about someone, it's very hard to just forget them. So I've realized that the one sure ball way to forget someone or to to really move on, not forget someone, to move on, is to focus instead on yourself and on others. What do I mean by that? Focus on yourself and find things that you're good at and and keep doing that. You know, uh, improve yourself, learn things about yourself, travel the world, travel with people that you love, and channel the energy that you have from just thinking about that other person, the person that you broke up with, to thinking about how you can be a better person, how that person has helped you, and how you can now be a better person on your own. Use the love that you used to have for this person and focus that instead on other people, on your loved ones, on your friends, and on your family. Spend a lot of time with them. Finally, and most importantly, be rooted in Christ. There's absolutely no way for us to be completely and utterly contented, satisfied, and loved until we find ourselves in Christ, until we find Jesus Christ, until by the grace of God, we lose everything just to gain Christ. And that's how I completely moved on from my past relationships put together. I used to always go into relationships with with still a semblance of my previous relationship. Do you do you know that feeling wherein you you go into a new relationship, but you're moved on already, but you kind of feel like there's still may latak pa, may latak pa from the past hurts and the past pains that you've had. And I've realized that in the two years that I was single before I went into this new relationship that I have now, I really focused on the Lord and I really, I really left everything and I. I just focused on God. And once I, I harnessed that relationship with God by His grace and by His mercy alone, um, everything changed and I moved on. And apart from that, I also felt loved and I felt contented. And I didn't even need to be in a relationship when once you came along. So I think that's a state that you'd want to be in to know that you've completely survived a breakup. So hopefully that helps you. These are the things that I personally went through. But you know, this whole process of learning things about yourself, it also means learning about how you cope with a breakup, how you survive a breakup. And we go very differently from one person to another. So God bless and good luck with that. Next question. This time around, coming from a good friend of mine, Luis Daniel Tabuena, who asks, what are emotional habits you were surprised you had to let go of to become an adult? So... To simplify his question, I think, what are the emotional habits you have to let go of if you want to become an adult? And these were my personal emotional bad habits that I had to let go of. The first one was the escapist. I love escaping 
problems. I love not facing problems. I love sweeping everything under the rug. I am a passive-aggressive type of person. I hate confrontation. I hate talking about my feelings. I hate processing things because I feel like it's a waste of time in my head if I'm over it, if I'm busy, if I I don't want to talk about this anymore, there's no reason for me to talk about it. But I realized that escaping things, as I mentioned earlier, only allows you to be okay for the moment, but in the long run, it doesn't really solve anything. So escaping your problems is very, very, very bad for you. And I know it's an emotional habit that's really hard to let go of because sometimes it's really upbringing. Like in my family, whenever we had problems, it we never talked about it. If my parents had problems, if my, me and my sibling, my brother, we had problems, we never confront each other. Seldom do we confront each other. That maybe happened once or twice only in my entire lifetime it's always okay na yan. we don't talk for a couple of days and then okay na ulit, like nothing happened right um but one of the major things that i learned in this current relationship that i have is to really process my emotions and to talk about it because if not it piles up and then it blows up in my face in the future so that's what happens when you escape so confront your problems and confront the issues that you have with the people that you love when you can and do so lovingly because at the end of the day that problem that recurring issue that you have will continue to pop up until you finally resolve it Another emotional bad habit that I used to have was the blame thrower. I like to blame things to people. When there is a mistake done, when things are not doing well, I always blame it on other people. I always say that it's this person's fault or it's my circumstances that that's the problem. It's the money that I don't have. But you realize as you get older that it's not your reaction, but it's your response to life that matters the most. Because a lot of things that we have no control of will continue to happen. But what we can control is the way that we respond to it. Even if, let's say, that the reason why you are in a certain situation is because of another person, because of the mistake of another person, you really always have the option to control the way that you will respond, the way that you will carry yourself, the way that you will handle the situation. There's no reason to blame anybody. There really is no reason to blame anybody. And that's very hard in this society where we have a lot of people pulling the victim card. And I'm I'm sometimes guilty of that. I always pull the victim card that I am the product of my past. I am the product of my past hurts. And I believe in that. I I believe in that very much. But I also believe so much in the fact that I am also a product of the choices that I make. We have the power to choose to either be the victim of people, of situations, of circumstances, or of the life that we were born into or the life that we live. Or we have the power also to become the victors of it, right? By choosing differently, by pushing ourselves by letting go of these people by forgiving these people by being better than these people by being better than than the circumstances that you have been presented with by life so i believe in that and i've had to learn that the hard way um and that's made me stronger the the fact alone that i started to acknowledge that i can choose to be better and i can choose to forgive instead of blame then i just started to live a better life and also because of 
God's grace, you know, I started to understand that God is sovereign above all. So everything that we go through, whether that's good or bad, God allows it. So because of that, I have confidence in everything that I go through. There. So last but not the least, the bad, emotional bad habit that I also had to let go of to start becoming an adult is called the broken record. I tend to be like a broken record in that I continuously bring up past mistakes of other people just to bring them down. That's right. I am that type. I used to be that type of person. Praise God, I'm not like that anymore. At least not most of the time. Um, It's very hard for me to let go of mistakes. My mistakes and other people's mistakes because I'm a perfectionist by nature. So when something wrong is done to me, I remember that and I bring it up every chance that I get but you have to let go of things as I mentioned earlier with the breakup thing you have to let go of things if you want to grow and that's just adulting you have to forgive people you have to move on forgive but don't forget in the sense na don't don't allow yourself to be hurt in the same way don't allow yourself to be used in the same way or to be caught in the same bad situation but at the same time forget in don't be callous naman don't allow yourself to be callous don't allow your heart to be callous because sometimes people make the same mistakes over and over and over again but there's no point in bringing up the same mistake and bringing up saying na Ah, but you keep doing this. That's a make a But you keep doing this. We're going in circles, blah, 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 blah. Instead of just focusing on, okay, this is happening again. What is the root problem? What is the root cause of this problem? And how do we fix it so that it doesn't keep coming back? So there, those are the emotional, bad emotional habits that I had to let go of, to become a full-grown adult. I still struggle with these uh, bad emotional habits, but... I praise God that I'm now aware of these bad habits, that I'm surrounded with people who remind me to change these bad emotional habits. And, you know, at the end of the day, it really starts with awareness, with accepting the things that you are weak at, the things that you have to improve on, and then going slowly step by step into making those things better. So if you guys have any bad emotional habits also that you'd like, to get over or that you'd like to share with me, please do so. Alrighty, next question. Miss Kenna Stone on Instagram says, what would you do with a toxic friend? Well, first and foremost, I would like to say that you have absolutely no responsibility to make somebody change. Um, It's not your responsibility to make someone better. That responsibility is put upon themselves. They have to make that decision themselves. The only thing that we can really do as friends to toxic friends is to bring awareness to them and do so lovingly. What do I mean by that? When somebody is toxic, you have to confront them in a loving manner, rebuke them. And basically, rebuking is just saying that you have to make them aware of the things that they're doing that you think is wrong. But one of um, the things that I learned at a very young age uh, because of this book called Being Happy by, I forgot the name of the author, Andrew Matthews. There you go. He said that before anything, before confronting someone, ask them. So ask them questions. Ask them and confirm with them the assumptions that you have. So for example, you say, why is somebody toxic? Somebody's toxic because they're saying 
lies behind your back or whatever, right? Um, you ask them, you ask them, hey, is it true that you said these things about me? Is it true that you're like this and you're like that? So by asking them, you're affirming first if your assumption is correct. Once you've, uh, you, once you've affirmed that your assumption is correct and there is a toxic behavior um, in your friend, then you can move on to actually confronting them about it in a loving way. And I feel like as a friend, our job really is to love and support someone support them for the better so you tell them that i feel like uh this you're doing this and it's hurting me or it's hurting you or it's hurting the people around us and i feel like um you have to change this blah 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 you know do the whole spiel and by the spiel i mean you you tell them how you feel you tell them why you think their behavior is toxic and why you think um they have to change that aspect in their lives. The thing though with that kind of conversation is it can both it, it can go both ways. It's either your friend is willing to listen to you and actually change their ways or your friend is just gonna be so in so much disbelief that they're like, I don't agree with you. I don't think I'm doing anything toxic. Bye. And you'll just lose a friend, right? But you have to remember that your responsibility as a friend is to love them in truth. You can't just love a person and not be truthful to them. It's it's not very loving. So I, I would say that, that you know, confrontation is in, important, but confrontation undergirded with love is the best way to do about it. Make sure that you're not emotional once you talk to your friend. You know, let your emotions die down first and if you want, you can actually write down the things that you, you you want to talk about, the things that you want to discuss with this friend of yours, and always, always remind them that you're not against them. You're not you're not there to judge them or belittle them, but you're there as a friend to lovingly tell them the truth. Now that's what I would do, but I also have let go of people in that I confronted them. I told them the things that they have to stop doing. I think that um, that is bad for them, but bad for me, bad for the people around them. Um, and then they kept doing what they wanted to do with their lives. And I just, I kept my distance. And that's happened to me. When I was in college, I had a very, very good friend of mine. She was very close to me. She was one of my best friends in college. And I'm not the type of person that would let go of friendships. Like my best friend, Faith. And Hannah, we've been friends since I was nine years old. I was in my teenage years. And I've kept my friends for the longest time. But this friend of mine, she started using drugs. And it just wasn't something that I was willing to tolerate. It wasn't something that I wanted in my closest circle. I didn't want to sit around while she was doing drugs. I didn't want to wait for her to finish her party before she hangs out with me. I didn't want that kind of lifestyle. And I also know myself enough that I didn't want to be dragged into that kind of lifestyle. So I confronted her. I told her that this is getting toxic. This is getting unhealthy for you and for our friendships. I really wish that you'd stop it. But since she didn't want to let go of that lifestyle and of that scene, I just, I distanced myself, you know? And 
sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to let go of the, the things and the people that you know will be toxic for you, will not be good for you. But you have to at least, you have the responsibility to at least confront them and let them know what you think and what you think um, will be good for them. You won't always be right, but as long as you're coming from a place of love, a place of care, I think one day they'll truly understand. I have to add though that even when you distance yourself, you also have to continuously pray for this person. If you can, continuously pray for them. If you can, still check up on them. But keep your distance. That's the number one rule with any toxic relationship or situation. All right. Our last question for this episode of the podcast is coming from Cheska Pilares. She says, how do you deal with bad days? Smiley face. <laughs> thank you, Cheska, for that question. And thank you to everyone for all the questions that you've given us. All right. Um, dealing with bad days. I deal with bad days the same way that Wancho deals with bad days. He always says it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. And if you go deeper into that, I think it's an attitude of gratitude wherein you count your blessings. You start focusing on the things that are going for you instead of the things that are going against you and you remind yourself that no matter how bad your day gets it's not a bad life that because we serve a sovereign god everything that we go through as i mentioned earlier whether good or bad are things that god allows to happen for our good so even if you're going through a bad day even if you're going through a bad season we're in it's just bad day after another, you are just not having enough sleep, you don't have enough rest, your money is out, people are hurting you, you've lost someone, that everything will eventually be okay. And I know that sounds cliche and it probably doesn't feel that way when you're in that situation, when you're actually suffering through a bad day, but it's always a good reminder to focus on the things that you're blessed with instead of the trials that you have to overcome. And one thing that also helps me a lot when it comes to dealing with difficult seasons in my life is this quote that I read a long, long time ago that says, no calm seas ever made good sailors. Meaning, if you're not going through trials, if you're not going through bad days, you have no opportunity to become better. You have no opportunity for your character to grow. So when I deal with someone difficult, when I have to face someone who is mean or who berates me or who is just hateful, I always remember that that is an opportunity for me to grow as a person. It's an op opportunity for me to love my enemies or to love someone who's not good to me, it's an opportunity for me to show grace. So always think of it that way. The good days are there for you to celebrate and the bad days are there to remind you of the things that actually matter, which is your complete dependence on God, your growth as a human being, your capability to love and to be loved and to show grace even through difficult circumstances and difficult people. And the amazing gift that we have of being able to live a good life despite of the circumstances that we're in. So there, I hope that answers your question. I hope that helps you go through the next bad day that you'll have. And I hope that puts a smile on your face. You know, you are loved and God has made us in his image. And because of that, we have intrinsic value. We have worth and and that and whatever happens, whatever bad day you have, that will never change. So there thank you very much for all of your questions you guys i hope that this has been a fruitful episode of adulting with joy spring i know that we got to answer a couple of questions and i hope that each question was um i guess answered fully 
I don't know, maybe some of these questions could have been an entire episode, but yeah, I included them here. Thank you to everyone who I mentioned who sent in their questions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll do one of these Q&As again. It depends if you guys like this or if you like the one topic, long format type of thing. But next week, Erin Atida will be back on the show to discuss some things about finances and other adulting stuff. So hopefully you guys watch out for that. And check out the other episodes that I have if you haven't uh, given in your rating yet for this podcast please do so and of course share it with the people that you love i hope that you guys are always reminded of how loved you are and i'll see you again next time bye